Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. All right, so I have something that I want to mention. Okay. Um, and it's kind of weird. I'm getting this, like, pulsating vibration in my foot. <laughs> Whenever I'm sitting still, my right foot is going... But this is not a phantom ringtone podcast. <laughs> Welcome to season nine, episode 17 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is the Lady Travanishes, uh-huh. a.k.a. the Devil and Max Travelin. Yep. A.k.a. Ocean's Travelevin. Yeah. And I'm joined, as always, here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Amerishawn History X, a.k.a. Capricorn Sean, <laughs> a.k.a. O'Shawn's Eleven. <laughs> and also, at the moment, we are not joined by the regulator Chelsea, but I do have nicknames for her. Uh, she got caught up in some kind of hee-haw hell, and uh, her nicknames are Ichel, Ichel. For now, aka California Split, <laughs> aka the Chelephone. <laughs> Further description of the show: the tagline says, "Watch Chop Retrofit," because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. There's gold in them, there are heels. Thank you, Smokey Joe. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. All right, that's going to bring us into our first segment, which is going to be movie news. And this is where throughout the week or whatever uh, time span it's been <laughs> since we last did movie news, uh, we try to pay attention to stories that relate to our show, the world of cinema, remakes, or just stories that you, the chop shoppers out there, might find interesting. And unfortunately, this week, we do have to start it off with an RIP. Rest in peace and rest in power to Brick Bronski. He was a wrestler turned actor. His real name was Jeff Beltzner. Yeah, Beltzner. He's died. Uh, the former compatriot, his former compatriot in Stampede Wrestling, Jonathan Holiday, confirmed the news on August 23rd, 2021. Quote, with a heavy heart, I sadly announced the passing of Brick Bronski this morning from COVID. So he did pass away from COVID. His first movie was as the role of Jughead, a tattooed thug in 1990s Sergeant Kabukiman, NYPD. <laughs> he was also in Class of Nukem High Part 2, uh, Subhumanoid Meltdown, and few other things. So rest in peace and rest in power to him. Next, CSI Vegas star William Peterson is hospitalized due to exhaustion on the set of a sequel series. Should we say he's too old for this shit? Maybe. <laughs> he's been doing it since uh, Manhunter, the very first adaptation of a Hannibal Lecter book. Next, The Outsiders, the complete novel. Francis Ford Coppola once again changes up a previous film with new scenes and a 4K restoration. If Chelsea was here right now, I'd be signaling her to hit the no button. 
Uh, next, this is kind of cool. Rotten Tomatoes launches RT Labs, an online educational program for aspiring and rising critics. Can can we enroll? <laughs> I don't know. Does the job pay? Uh, the program is part of an ongoing effort by Rotten Tomatoes to boost underrepresented critics. I feel underrepresented, Sean. Same. Next, this is a this is a rough one, but I think we all saw it coming. Ron Jeremy indicted on more than thirty counts of sexual assault in Los Angeles. Adult film star Ron Jeremy has been indicted in Los Angeles on more than 30 counts of sexual assault stemming from allegations made by more than 20 women that span the last quarter century, prosecutors said. Jeremy, now 68, faces dozens of forcible rape, forcible oral copulation, sexual battery, restraint, various counts of sexual offenses, blah, blah, blah. Put him under the jail. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. Letitia Wright suffers minor injury shooting Black Panther 2. Letitia Wright, while performing a stunt on location in Boston for Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever, was injured. Individuals with knowledge of the incident confirmed to The Wrap. And that story comes to us from The Wrap. Next, Sterling K. Brown and Mark Duplass to star in a sci-fi movie called Biosphere. I think this is a sequel to Biodome. I think you're right. <laughs> It's directed by Mel Eslin. That comes to us from IMDb. Next, Radiohead's Johnny Greenwood has scored Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog. Director Jane Campion is back with the Netflix Netflix film Power of the Dog after a 12-year hiatus from feature-length filmmaking. The Western thriller has an impressive cast consisting of Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Cody Smith-McPhee, Thomason McKenzie and Jesse Plemons. Hmm. Next, Patty Jenkins hopes to avoid future hybrid releases and believes it was detrimental to Wonder Woman 1984. She's currently working on Wonder Woman 3 and is really hoping that they do not do a uh, hybrid release, a in theater and in studio. Tell you but, what, Patty, how about you focus on directing a better movie? Oh, sick burn. I also think that it's that movie sucked right now. It's conducive to the situation at hand to have hybrid releases so people can enjoy movies from the comfort of their own home without having to be in yeah. a theater. Yeah. All right. That wraps us up on movie news for the week. Do you hear a phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hey, you guys! Cop Corrections! Whooper Wolf, Whooper Wolf, look up here, look up here! Colin Hanks is six foot one, according to IMDb. Chevy Chase was six foot three and a half, so it's not a huge difference. The reboot of Party of Five was on Freeform. Sean, you got it. He may have had a terrible first name, but before he played Trapper John MD, Pernell Roberts was the dreamy Adam Cartwright on Bonanza. That's it for this week. And by the way, those aren't pillows. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. And apparently somebody needs to work on those bird calls. That's going to close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week. And that brings us to the theme of the episode. 
in celebration of his 83rd birthday on August 29th, the day that this episode goes kerplunk, the films of Elliot Gould, the Goulden child. <laughs> any, uh, any thoughts on the man at hand? Uh, God, 190 movie credits. On he's got a lot. IMDb and TV stuff and TV stuff. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a powerhouse. Um, Great work in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you watched The Long Goodbye. The Long Goodbye was so good. And like I said, he's not the first person you would think of to play Philip Marlowe, but damn, did he nail it. Um, I he, He's he's versatile. I mean, he can do the funny, obviously. Yes. But he can do some pretty serious stuff mm-hmm. as well. I, I think he's a, a solid actor. Uh, probably not someone that you think of right off the top of your head as like one of the mainstays of Hollywood, but he's got the career and the parts to back it up. And he kind of had um, an interesting look, kind of puppy dog eyes. Would you say that's? Yeah, yeah, kind of a, um, I mean, a Jewish man with uh, a very, you know, strong jaw, I guess. Broad jaw, I guess, probably a better descriptor of him. And uh, a great voice. Definitely an excellent voice. I was trying all week to try to do an Elliot Gould impression, (laughs) but I did not do a good job on it. All right, so that brings us to the Midnight Double Feature, sir. And this is where all of us on the dais today (laughs) go around the room and we talk about two films that are uh, related to our subject at hand, uh, this week being Elliot Gould, and we talk about how they are related and appropriate for a double feature. And what do you have for us this week? Um, All right, so I've got... um couple of films that kind of it's funny the first one's not good but the second one is almost looked like they took the first film and like workshopped it into a better movie really yeah so the first movie is from 2011 called the encore of tony duran and this is an indie flick so i kind of give it a little bit of leeway okay i really didn't like it benefit Um, of the doubt yeah but i didn't like this one um it was directed by fred saig it's pronounced I'm... savage. No. <laughs> Speaking of savage, I'll get to that in a second. It's got Elliot Gould and uh, Nikki Ziering. She was Ian Ziering's no wife. Shit. No she shit. was also a Playboy playmate. There's um, no other Ziering's. Like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and the star of the movie, his name is Gene Petragallo. Petragallo. That means uh, looking at rocks. He He looks like what would happen to Fred Savage if he grew into a big fat loser. Oh shit. Um, yeah. Tony uh, is a guy who hits rock bottom and he attempts to climb out. At one point he was trying to make a tribute show, like a stage show about, uh, uh, uh Darren, uh, uh, the musician, Bobby Darren, Bobby Darren. And, uh, he has an estranged relationship with his son and his father, uh, played by Elliot Gould, um, he has a begrudging relationship with him and it's tough love as it should be, but the guy's just has no job. He's trying to, he attempts to become a drug dealer. Okay. He borrows $2,000 from his own son. That's not how you start. He goes to a drug dealer and tries to buy his way in. The drug dealer basically takes the money from him and tells yeah. him to get the fuck off his property. Exactly. You spend the first two acts of this film hating the guy. And in the third act, there's a redemption. Okay. But it, it happens at a senior center fundraiser, uh, Elliot Gould's 
uh, putting on a show to raise money for the senior center. And he finally gets to sing his Bobby Darren song that he, you know, perfected or whatever. Speaking of when you threw out the name Darren, the first thing that popped into my head was Aronofsky. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Keeping the Senior Center in mind, this uh, second film I'm pairing it with is from 2017. It's called Humor Me. Okay. And it is written and directed by Sam Hoffman. Um, he was a the one of the producers on Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, it stars uh, Jermaine Clement. Yeah. Uh, uh, as the son. Elliot Gould as the father. It also has uh, Annie Potts in it. Okay, so this sounds familiar to um, me. Tell me the name again. Uh, Humor me, humor me. Uh, BB Newworth and the musician Ingrid. This is fairly recent. Uh, twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah, Ingrid Michaelson's in it. Uh, so Jermaine Clement has writer's block. Um, he's a playwright. I've seen this. His movie. wife leaves him. Yes, uh, he crashes. He crashes with his dad at uh-huh. the retirement village, and his dad is Elliot Gould. He's not. Right? No, 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 no. Okay, no, I no. thought Jermaine Clement's dad was Elliot Gould. Well, it is. Okay, so played by Elliot. Played Gould. by Elliot. I thought Gould. you meant he was playing himself. In real life, <laughs> no. Uh, but I think that is very good casting. Um, but uh, so, in, in just in an effort to you know find something to do, he starts directing the senior center's uh, theater troupe. In a it's like a version ma- of Mikado. Mikado, yeah. I've totally seen yeah, this yeah. movie. Yes. And in the process, he falls in love with the uh, girl who plays the piano uh-huh. for them. Um, Elliot Gould's jokes and his humor are, are a coping mechanism for the loss of his wife. And Jermaine yeah. Clement was always uh, blaming his father for never really grieving the loss of the mother. No closure. Uh, but this this movie is far superior to the first one. But they follow the same kind of redemption arc. Yeah, and they both have like a senior center, senior uh-huh. retirement village kind of thing in common. So really strange. And Elliot Gould plays basically the same archetype in both films. That is badass, dude. You did a really good job. I'm gonna be much much more basic bitch with mine. Uh, my Midnight Double Feature is two movies that feature Elliot Gould in cameos. And the first one is The Muppet Movie from 1979. This one was directed by James Frawley, who I I'm not familiar hmm, with. Me either. After Kermit the Frog decides to pursue a movie career, he starts his cross-country trip from Florida to California. Along the way, he meets and befriends Fozzie Bear, Miss Piggy, Gonzo, and rock musicians Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. When Kermit is offered a job by Doc Harper, played by Charles Durning, to advertise the fried frog legs at his restaurant chain, (laughs) Kermit turns Hopper down. However, Hopper refuses to relent and pursues Kermit and his companions to a final showdown. (laughs) And I'm pairing that, I'm skipping a movie, I'm skipping The Great Muppet Caper to go to the third Muppet movie, which also features a cameo from Elliot Gould, and it's called Muppets Take Manhattan. And this came out in 1984. I have to say this is the first Muppet movie that I ever saw. Okay. I thought for at least a decade that this was the first one. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Directed by Frank Oz, as it should be. And it's got an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. When Kermit the Frog and friends start a stage act, they decide to take the show from their college town to Broadway. However, once the Muppets wind up in New York City, they have difficulty finding financial support for their production. Instead of running into cheats like Murray Plotsky, played by Dabney Coleman, 
Unable to stage the show, the group splits up and they all take different jobs around the country. Just as Kermit thinks he has finally found a backer, an accident gives him amnesia. <laughs> and I really forget the rest of the plot of the Because of the amnesia. Right. So that's going to be my double feature. And I highly recommend of both course. of these films and anything Muppet related. The only thing I'm upset about is... Uh, that you can only watch Muppet movies legally on Disney Plus right now. Yeah. And I don't have Disney Plus. So if any of the chop shoppers out there want to share their Disney Plus password <laughs> with me. <laughs> we'll send you a Cinema Chop Shop keychain. Yeah, send it. We'll send that to you and a sticker and just uh, email us at cinemachopshop at gmail.com. <laughs> All right, that's bring us into the feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a movie that we've watched prior to the show and we hypothetically recast a few of the main actors with contemporary actors who are at the, at the height, height of, of their, their powers. powers. And the first one is a classic that I watched for the first time in its entirety this Same. week. Uh, it's from 1970 and it's M.A.S.H. A United States Army field hospital somewhere near the front lines. Check this place out. See what the nurses are like. That one, the sultry bitch with the fire in her eyes. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. Who are those men? Friends of yours, Mr. I think you will find these accommodating. They're quite dry. Don't you use olives? We do have to make certain concessions to the war. We're three miles from the front line. This is the story of two indispensable military surgeons. They had the army over a barrel. But did they take advantage of it? Yes. MASH, a motion picture that raises some important moral questions. And then it drops them. What do you two hoodlums doing in this hospital? Well, what's the matter with her today? Look, Mother, I want to go to work in one hour. We are the pros from Dover. Somebody get that dirty old man out of this operating theater. And then give me at least one nurse who knows how to work in close without getting her tits in my way. I wonder how a degenerated person like that could have reached a position of responsibility in the Army Medical Corps. He was drafted. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. His will be done. Oh, Fred. Oh, Fred, my lips are hot. Oh, kiss my heart, Lynn. We have got to share this with the rest of us. What the hell is that? Frank, 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 Frank. Wait a second, wait a second. What is, what is? Turn the light off. No, 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 should uh, check with the military vicar's office. You see, I cannot give absolution to a man who is about to commit suicide. Do you have any particular method that you'd recommend? Black capsule. Black capsule. Suicide is painless. It brings on many changes. This is not a hospital! It's an insane asylum! Oh, my God! They've shot him! Five lips, you incredible nincompoop. It's the end of the Directed by the great Robert Altman, uh, who worked with Elliot Gould a few times over both of their careers. Yeah, they, uh, Altman was the director of the uh, the Long Goodbye. Yes, and also California Split. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it's got an eighty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 
irreverent black comedy following the exploits of a host of offbeat characters at a medical unit during the Korean War, including surgeon Hawkeye Pierce and Trapper John McIntyre, who create havoc with their martini parties and practical jokes while the war rages around them. The film spawned a successful television series and won an Oscar for Best Screenplay. Uh, we should also mention that it spawned more than one a TV series because oh, yeah. Trapper John MD was also a TV series based on MASH. Well, don't forget After MASH. What is After MASH? It came out like right after MASH. It was called After MASH. It was a TV show? Yeah, it had... Jeez, uh, oh, who all was in that? No Alda. No, no, no Alda. No, Did no. Did you have... Uh, Harry uh, Morgan was in it. Okay. Uh, and I think maybe The Priest... Okay, so I was going to mention that in my review of this, I also said, um, being so familiar with the cast of the TV show, it was a little bit weird seeing the original actors in these roles. You know, that's, I kind of mentioned that in my review, too. It's like, if you like the show, you'll like the movie. Right. It, it has the same footprint, obviously. But it's... It's a little bit different. Yeah, I think there's well, there's no well, lab, the different, the no different laugh actors, track, of course. <laughs> the different actors bring uh, a different flavor to those characters. <clears throat> Did you find the football game at the end to be just like a time filler? Yeah, they needed to get like another fifteen minutes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They stretched the hell out of it. That's all right. So the roles that we're going to recast, we've got Hawkeye Pierce, played by Donald Sutherland, who was thirty-five at the time. Then we've got Trapper John McIntyre, played by Elliot Gould, who was 32. Then we've got Duke Forrest, played by Tom Skerritt, who was 37 at the time. Then we've got Hot Lips Houlihan, played by Sally Kellerman, who was 33 at the time. And I will say that none of those actors reprised their role for the television show. The only one that I can, like, 100% legitimately oh, yeah. say is radar radar yeah radar brought his talents to the television set all right so you're up first sir who is your hawkeye all right this one's kind of a stretch but uh you know donald sutherland's just got those deep eyes that are kind of haunting in a way that's true and i've went with an actor who also has some deep haunting eyes but they're kind of haunting for another reason but you have to imagine him with shorter military haircut for uh -huh. to see this but uh you would know him from uh a scout's guide to the zombie apocalypse right you would know him from dope i like dope you'd know him from game over man game over man i went with the workaholic himself blake anderson blake anderson i can kind of see that dude that's funny i can see him like wreaking havoc you know so i think that we both went uh comedic with our recasts uh, my actor is 39 now he was in undeclared she's out of my league and this is the end he's a chop shop favorite his name is jay Barishal. Nice. And I've got the military haircut on my dude. That's nice. All right. Next up, we've got the role of Trapper John, played by Elliot Gould, who was 32 at the time. And who were you thinking about for this one, sir? Um, I'm with an actor who is going to be 34 soon. Um, <clears throat> and he, he can do comedy. He's probably more known for his musical talents. Uh, but he was in Wreck-It Ralph. He was in the Pitch Perfect series. And he was in 21 and Over, as well as the uh, uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. 
I went with Skylar Aston. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Is he is he a brother of somebody? No. Scott Aston. Sean Aston. Sean I don't Aston. think he's related to him no? at all. No. It's probably his son. All right. My pick for <laughs> the role of Trapper John, played by Elliot Gould, is uh, 39 now. He was in An American Pickle, Superbad, and Knocked Up. His name is Seth Arogan. Oh, I like your picture that you pulled. Very Hawaiian. Yeah. Yeah, I could see Seth doing that. For sure. All right. Then we've got the role of Duke Forrest. And can you remind me what his character was? Well, he, Forrest, uh, he's he, like a young buck, right? Well, he, no, he's actually older, uh, but he was Hawkeye's tent mate, I guess you would call okay. it. Okay. He is also a surgeon, and uh, until Trapper John came along, he and Hawkeye were the ones making the mischief on base. Okay. That works. And who is your pick for him? Um, I went with an actor who will be 37 soon. Uh, he was in My All-American, The Big Short unbroken but most will know him from american horror story it's a little bit of a face value pick with finn whitrock yeah yeah i can see that man that is kind of face value it's really weird seeing tom scarrett without his mustache yeah that's true i my first introduction to tom scarrett was in um lonesome dove okay so my pick for his character duke is 33 now. He was in Arrested Development, Juno, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It's Michael Sarah. <laughs> kind of a, a, a neurotic <laughs> mm-hmm. addition to the cast. I like yes. that. All right. We have one more, and it is Hot Lips, Houlihan. And everybody knows the scene. It was in the movie and the TV show where she's showering and they use some sort of pulley system and take the tent off of her. And she's, oh, so, and then also there's uh, the scene where she gets her nickname. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where she's making out with the, Robert Duvall's character. Yes. All right. So Sally Kellerman was 33 at the time playing Hot Lips Houlihan. And who was your pick for this, sir? Um, before I get my pick, uh, Sally Kellerman was also the English professor in Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I did not realize yeah, that. I always, I always liked her in that role. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Hot Lips. She's attractive. Yep. And, but she's a little prudish, a little by the book, and that's where the you know the linchpin mm-hmm. for the comedy comes from. Uh, my actress uh, is thirty four years old. She was in Mother's Little Helpers. Uh, she had a part in This Is Us. She was hilariously funny in Werewolves Within. Yeah, I like that movie. I went with the AT and T girl herself, yeah. Milana Vintrub. Very good. Say her name again. Milana. Vintrube. Good job. I always mispronounce it, uh, but she's great. And I think that there's going to be um, some more roles for her. I think that would put up. butts in the seats, too, to see uh, that whole tent scene. Yeah, it would. A little bit of pause, rewind, pause, rewind. All right. So my actress is a little bit older, but she's still got it. She's 43 now. And she is not prudish. Because most of the films that she's been in, she's shown them tatas. Uh, and I'm not trying to be crude. It's a fact. She's in Wanderlust, 
the Heartbreak Kid and Chick Fight. Her name is Malin Ackerman. Yes. Malin Ackerman. And she can bring the funny. God damn, she's, so she's funny. funny. Yes. And she's actually Scandinavian originally. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts, sir. Yeah. Like I said before, if you like the TV show, watch the movie. Uh, if you've never seen the TV show, watch the movie first. I think that it is. Um, it holds up as a very biting satire of the military industrial complex. It does. Yeah. And that there are echoes of our current reality that still ring true in this film. You know, uh, putting in historical context as well, I mean, this movie came out in 1970 mm-hmm. amidst the Vietnam War, and it's about the Korean War. Right. And, you know, the Korean War is one that, like, people just kind of, we do take it lightly. Right. Because it wasn't a shit show. Yeah, uh, We did pretty well in Korea. We, we came out okay. So it's interesting that they chose that as the backdrop. I think that it's based on a book and it the is. book was set in the Korean War. It is. It is. So they they held true to the source material. All right. Well, uh that being said, we need to go to intermission, but not before we say let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some Goulden grams. And some Yukon Gould mashed potatoes. I thought you were going to do the ruled Gould pretzels. Ruled Gould pretzels. <laughs> and for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the Brew Boss. And me, Chelsea, the Regulator. Well, we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All morning long. And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah! Hallelujah. Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck! Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger... Trontastic Ron! I'm gonna rip his face off! Woo! And the defending champ... Little Thanos! You ain't got nothing, brother! I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition! So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemajobshop at gmail.com.
you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. And we're back. Thank you, Chop Shoppers, for bearing with us during the intermission. And Sean, what do we like to do when we come back from intermission, sir? Beer check-ins. And we do have a brand new beer from Seminar, a local brewery right here in Florence, South Carolina. And you can check them out on Seminar Brewing. That's SeminarBrewing.com. And this beer is called ambient sound intensifies like last week's episode (laughs) right and so can you talk about the cover art the label art this was designed i believe by vincent Uh our general manager and uh it's like this uh spirograph yes kind of drawing in this these kind of these uh purplish hues Mm -hmm. and uh i did i pulled some printer's tricks on the can to make it look shiny and shimmery so. It is shimmery, and it's almost got like a um, like a vibration effect to it. Yep. The cool thing about this is that these are going to be exclusive to uh, Whole Foods markets in South Carolina in their uh, was it their their local spotlight corner kind of thing. So and exclusive to the Cinema Chop Shop because we're about to crack it open. Yeah, we kind of we kind of lifted those. <laughs> All right. So it is a New England style IPA. Yes, absolutely. We got good haze. I'm digging the flavor. It's really tasty. Freshy fresh. Mm-hmm. Carbonation is not overwhelming. That's good. It's got a very soft carbonation, but mm-hmm. not too soft. Um, I kind of like it. Well, there's more of that where that came from. There you go. (laughs) All right. So with that, while we enjoy this beer, we're going to go ahead and get into the 2021 movie marathon. And this is where we try to watch as many movies as we can throughout the calendar year. The goal being 365. And as of this recording date, it is the 239th day of the year. We're getting close. We're getting, we're in the, the fourth quarter here. Uh, and I'm on 224. I made some progress this week. You did. I'm on 272. I did remember one movie I forgot to check in. So, okay. So I ain't light this week. All right. Good deal. <laughs> uh, so my first check-in is going to be a documentary. It's number 217 for me and it's called Val. And this is a document documentary about Val Kilmer. Um, I never realized the depth of his talent because most of his movies were like blockbusters and tent poles with a few outliers. Um, also, his love of the craft and his need to film everything, every time, all the time. He always had a camcorder with him for like 40 years. So there's tons and tons of footage. Uh, That's kind of like saving your toenail clippings. I guess. And he was a, he was a hoarder of documentation. I guess. Uh, I really liked it, even though we know how this story 
works out and the state that he is in right now. So the, the ending of the movie is a little bit sad. Um, but he says that he's in remission and it's just his voice that is being affected currently. But there was also a little bit of controversy because they used his son for the audio of the um, like background narration. And they did a little bit of alteration to his voice to make him sound like a young Val Kilmer. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I didn't mind it. Obviously, his son was on board. Like It wasn't like they slipped him a Mickey. <laughs> you know? All right. What do you got? Okay. Uh, first check-in. It's a animated feature from this year called CryptoZoo. Okay. As in cryptozoology? As in cryptozoology. It's a trippy animated film about cryptids with a top-notch voice cast, including Lake Bell Oh, and your boy, uh, Michael Sarah. Really? Yeah. And uh, is this readily available? Um, It is to me? Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's trippy. It's bizarre. It's about... Sounds this, like it's right up my alley. Does a, Bigfoot show up? Uh, I don't know if Bigfoot shows up, but some of the more obscure cryptids show up in it. And La uh, Chupacabra? Uh, try like a, a Baku Ooh. and uh, a Gorgon. Oh, I, I do want to see a Gorgon in a zoo. <laughs> All right. My next pick is going to be one that uh, you told me wasn't too terrible. It's got a pretty high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's called Snake Eyes. <laughs> Man, Nicolas Cage sure has stayed in shape since 1998. How's that? I mean, that there's a movie called Snake Eyes oh, with okay. Nicolas Cage okay. from 1998. Now I get, now I get it. The movie's not terrible though. Yeah, I heard it was. I mean, how good could it be? It, it's based on toys. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's uh, good eye candy and with a followable followable plot is it a decent martial arts flick yeah yeah i heard there were some casting choices that were interesting i, yeah. I i'm going to watch it so I'm yeah gonna... check it out all right what you got next i've got a much much uh much more superior film okay um, i believe it or not just watch brick brick is amazing yep dude. this is the uh ryan johnson neo-noir film from t- 2005 was this his first movie uh, early, early, very career, early yeah. in his catalog. Yeah, this stars uh, Joey Gordy Levi's. Joey Gordy Levi's, JGL. We love him. It is a modern take on the film noir. It's set, it's set in a high school, and uh, I I insist that you watch it with the subtitles on because the dialogue is so beautifully written. It's such an homage. You to, think it's to, too fast? No, it's not that it's too fast. It's so nuanced. It's written in the style of. The, the the noir film yes. style that if you're not familiar with the speech patterns of the, I had the, no problem the fast that. talkers but there were details that were getting past me so I, okay. I, I clipped that on That's just fair. to make sure I wasn't missing something you are getting up there in years I so. am I am yeah uh, but no I really loved it I thought it was it's a so beautiful good. movie yeah and I think that it's great how they transposed that uh, neo-noir uh, or film noir setting and atmosphere to a contemporary high school. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. The whole like, uh, drugs and, Mm -hmm. uh, violence really played very well. And the girl that played the film fatale. Yes. Oh my God. Let me ask you one question. Who are you eating lunch with? (laughs) Um, by the way, that is on criterion right now. Nice. 
Yeah, I love that movie. Oh, you know what else is on Criterion right now? What? Secret of Nim. Oh, boy. An incredible, incredible production of it, just like in terms of the the quality of the film. The uh, Cinema Chop Shop mascot over there, the bearded dragon, Jordash, he uh, likes that movie as well. <laughs> You've renamed him Jordash. I'm just I saying a name because I can't remember. It's his Richard. Name. Richard. Jordash is a better name. I like Jordash. It's kind of uh, kind of cool. It's a throwback. All right. Hit us with your last. All right. My last check-in for this week is going to be a classic called Jason and the Argonauts. And this is on YouTube in its entirety in a, like, uh, at least 720p. Uh, very good. Very good rip on YouTube. And it's an incredible production value for 1963. And I think the only reason that it wasn't, that it didn't win the Academy Award for Best Special Effects or Best Cinematography is because it came out the same year as Cleopatra. And Cleopatra swept the Oscars that year. And that's Ray Harryhausen doing the stop motion animation effects. And I think... Have we done an episode or have I asked that we should do an episode? We should do a Harryhausen, if not just a stop motion movie yeah. episode. But yeah, the special effects were great. I really enjoyed it. I was kind of blown away. Not as much as by Cleopatra. But... <laughs> um, my final check-in for the week is a real stinker, but it has inspired me to suggest we do a women in prison ah, movies episode. Yes. The film's called Jailbait from 2014. Okay. All right. If you like the booby count, you'll like this movie. Uh, If you like girls with freckles, you'll like this movie. I've discovered the secret to happiness, and it's a girl with freckles on her butt. Well, um, while the lead actress was easy on the eyes, everything else about this film was disappointing. Um, (laughs) Everybody had sex a lot in this movie. Okay. From all the inmates to the warden. Oh. Uh, and also drugs were readily available. Mm-hmm. And everyone, As they are. And everyone did drugs out in the open. So it's an accurate representation of prison. Well, just so you know, when you get thrown into solitary, you get thrown in butt naked. And literally thrown in. They yeah. throw you from like 10 feet away. This movie sucked. It sucked so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Right on. So just uh, hit the highlights. Uh, you can watch this movie in about 15 minutes. Perfect. <laughs> All right, well, that will wrap us up on the 2021 Movie Marathon for this week, bringing us into the second part of our feature segment. This is The Recast Continued. Part two. The sequel. And the. I have to just go ahead and be 100% transparent with the chop shoppers out there. You told me this movie was terrible, and I tried to watch it, but I couldn't get it. I really couldn't even on, uh, let's say clandestine sources. Yeah. I could not find this movie to watch, but apparently I dodged a bullet. Uh, yeah. The movie does not deliver on its premise, but they actually did make a TV show based on this movie. They did. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, Totally. The movie we're talking about is called Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice from 1969, directed by Paul Mazursky, who also directed Down and Out in Beverly Hills and Scenes from a Mall. And it's got a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. You think that's a little too high? I think it's extremely high. 
After returning to Los Angeles from a group therapy session, documentary filmmaker Bob Sanders, played by Robert Culp, who was in that TV show with Bill Cosby. He was also in the show uh, Greatest American Hero. Okay. And his wife, Carol, played by Natalie Wood, died in mysterious circumstances. (laughs) You can call it that. Find themselves becoming vigilante couples counselors, offering unsolicited advice to their best friends, Ted, played by Elliot Gould, the man of the hour, and Alice Henderson, played by Diane Cannon. Not wanting to be rude, the Hendersons play along, but some latent sexual tension among the four soon comes bubbling to the surface, and long-buried desires don't stay buried for long. I'm digging up bones. Again, the movie doesn't deliver on the premise. Um, it's it's a big tease. Uh-huh. And, and that's fine. It but... was rated R in 1969. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, other than just the idea of two couples hooking up, maybe swinging. But they, but yeah, okay. Spoilers for a movie that came out in 1969. Yes, um, they are going to go see uh, Tony Bennett, mm-hmm. maybe Tony Orlando, hmm. and before the very sh- different people. Before <laughs> the show, they're at the hotel. They have a few drinks. You know, the, the Sanders couple, they're obviously, you know, being woke yeah, <laughs> and, and pushing for this, this experience. And this, so they decide, well, what the fuck, let's do it. Mm-hmm. They all end up in bed together and you can see the publicity stills for it. It looks so yeah. stupid. There's like four of them lined up in bed, right. looking very buttoned up sheets up to their chest. And well, there's, there's other, there's other posters where they're. Not so but, much. But there's a, I mean, there's a little bit of kissing that happens, and and then they all kind of tickle fizz- each other's feet. No, it just fizzles out, and they're like, okay, let's go see the concert. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was. Was it, it Tony Orlando or Tony Bennett? I don't know. It was Tony Danza. <laughs> did he have a brief musical career? Well, if he did, it wasn't in 1969. <laughs> he was seven. <laughs> hey everybody come see little Tony little Tony <laughs> alright so the uh, roles that we're going to recast first we've got Carol Sanders played by Natalie Wood then we've got Bob Sanders played by Robert Culp we've got Ted Henderson played by Elliot Gould and Alice Henderson played by Diane Cannon and who is your pick for Carol alright so I'm recasting this as a British comedy okay Trying to play up on the more uptight, uh, typical, well, typical perception. Of, the prudishness, the puritanical yeah, even, values. Even though I doubt that's the case. I, I think the American audience is probably more prudish these days. But anyway, I went with a 31-year-old actress. You would know her from The Bling Ring, uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower, yep. Beauty and the Beast, and Harry Potter. And with Emma Watson. Emma Watson. She also would go well in my recast of the previous film, MASH, because she was in This Is The End with all of those other people. (laughs) All right. So um, before I give you my pick, uh, what are we drinking, sir? Um, We've got uh, Oktoberfest. Old Hickory Oktoberfest, Marzen style lager. Uh, There's that's straight up. It, It says what it is on the label. There's no creative name or anything but hey keep it simple stupid yep and i think it's pretty tasty for the style 
Yeah, um, I've had some better ones. I've been buying up a lot of Oktoberfest beers as they come in out. In preparation for this fall? No, just as they're coming out because they're available and uh, I've grown to like them. I do have it on good authority that the Seminar Brewing, seminarbrewing.com, has a Marzen lagering right now for Oktoberfest. Can confirm. Year. You can confirm this. Wonderful. All right, so your pick. my pick for Carol... Uh, she's 31 now. She was in, uh, the Twilight series. She was in Selena, the series, which is a TV series about the Latina pop star, Selena, uh, Latina Selena. And then she's also in the walking dead. Her name is Christian Serratos. Christian Serratos is my pick for the Natalie Wood character. I like both of your picks. And I also um, got pictures of them both in bikinis. That's what I'm saying. I like those picks. Those picks. Not necessarily your picks. P-I-C-S, not P-I-C-K-S. <laughs> yes. All right. You're up next with the role of Rob Sanders. Bob Bob Sanders, Bobby. played by Rob Culp. <laughs> I went with a 40-year-old actor. Um, God, I, I, I'm going to try to steer clear of his giveaways. He was in the Night Manager TV series. He was in Kong Skull Island. Mm-hmm. He was in Marvel's What If. Uh, he was in The Simpsons, The Good, The Bart, and The Loki. I'm yep. talking about Loki. Yes. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston is a decent pick for this. I went a different direction. I um, picked a 39-year-old actor who is in The Bronze, I, Tanya, and Captain America, the Winter Soldier. His name is Sebastian Stan. Like it. I like that a lot. Sebastian Stan is going to be my pick for that role. Next up, we've got the man of the hour, Elliot Gould, playing Ted Henderson. Ted Henderson. And Elliot Gould was 31 in this role. A young 31, Elliot Gould. And who's your pick, buddy? I'm with a 31-year-old. He was in the TV series Skins. Yeah, I like that show. Which I could have easily just recast the cast of Skins for this. You very easily could have. But I did not. Um, This guy was in um, Chappie. Oh, I like Chappie. He was in Lion. Uh-huh. He was in Slumdog Millionaire. Hey, Dev Patel? He was in The Green Knight. I went with Dev Patel. You fucker, dude. What, did you pick him? No, I picked oh. Himesh Patel. Oh, sweet. My actor is 30 now. He's in Yesterday, Tenet, and Don't Look Up. His name is Himesh Patel. Awesome pick, man. I think Himesh Why is fantastic. Why did we both go Indian? I don't know. Well, he and by fit, Indian, we mean Indian, well, he not fit, Native American. Yeah, he fits in with my British theme, but uh, yeah. Oh, they're both great, though. They are both great actors. Uh, Green Knight was fantastic. We got one more. It's the role of Alice, played by Diane Cannon. Tell me. You're, you're making faces over Dude, there. Tell me. I've always thought that Diane Cannon was very pretty, but I've always known Diane Cannon, like, in her later years she was married to somebody famous um she's just she's very pretty in this movie um the big fake eyelashes typical of the late 60s uh she does not say a lot in the movie her performance is pretty restrained um but uh just 
beautiful, beautiful uh, actress, and uh, I've always liked her. I've always thought she had this, this gorgeous smile. But uh, anyway, my recast for her, I wanted somebody who was equally beautiful. Um, she was in uh, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, Cinderella, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yep. And Baby Driver with Lily James. Lily James is 100% perfect for this role. And I'm just going to follow up my previous statement. From 1965 to 1968, Diane Cannon was married to Cary Grant. Oh, there you go. All right. So my pick for Alice Henderson is 31 now. She's in A Rainy Day in New York. Yellowstone, the TV series on Paramount Plus, which my lovely wife Michelle drink loves very much. And also she was in the film adaptation of Baywatch. Her name is Kelly Rohrbach. Oh, she's pretty. So, final thoughts on maybe this movie's right for a remake. Um I think that uh, you could do some modern day stuff with it to make it more uh, gender neutral. Also, you could make it a little bit more politically correct and uh, maybe give it a little bit more plot than just. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, if there was some sort of conflict. Yeah. And what. I think if you if you do watch this movie, the the part that was really annoying was Robert Culp's character was he was a documentarian mm-hmm. who goes to this resort thing, this spiritual healing, whatever. You know, and he comes it, back in meditation pose. Well, he just comes back so woke, and they're just like really pushing it hard on everybody. Yeah, like man, you say you're fine, but we don't really talk, man. When was the last time you were in a sweat lodge, man? Yeah, so it, that that got annoying very quickly. But I think that that could be twisted in a in a, a funnier way. I think the movie tried to make it somewhat comedic, but it was not. All right. So that being said, we are going to go ahead and wrap it up. I do have a bonus segment, though. Okay, let's do it. And it is a battle royale between three of Elliot Gould's characters. Okay. Throughout his career, of which there are many. So I tried to pick three very well-known ones. So it's going to be a battle royale between Trapper John... Philip Marlowe and Greenberg. I can't remember his actual name in Bugsy. Oh. The movie Bugsy. Greenberg is his last name. Sam oh. Greenberg? No. Anyway, huh. who you got? Okay, it's been ages since Bugsy came out, and I don't even remember that role. Um, Trapper John, man, he's crafty. Mm-hmm. He knows how to get what he wants. He has a drink in hand at all times. Mm-hmm. Marlo? Uh, but Marlo, dude, I really, really loved his approach in this in that movie. He was so aloof. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean Oh, it was great, dude. It, it was a treat of my week watching that movie. All the all the girls, the neighbor girls. Yes. The the the, the pot pothead hippie girls, and he never once like dipped his pen in the no. company ink. No, no, no. He didn't he didn't wet his beak. I think I think Marlo. You're going Marlo? Well, then I will go Trapper John. That's fair. That's totally fair. All right. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. I want to thank the engineer, my co-host and co-producer. 
Uh, anything that you would like to plug this week, sir? Um, well, uh, well, we're going to plug trivia. It's coming back. Trivia is back this week, September 1st. That's a Wednesday. And I've got the categories. I'm working on the questions. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you know what next week's episode is, sir? Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that Chelsea's not here. These, it's going to be the Bob Newhart episode. The films of Bob Newhart. So I do have a sneak preview Trivia question and answer. I really wish that she was here. I might try to call her to get the phone a friend. Do it. Do it right now. Let's see if I can locate her. Nope, nope, nope. Did not get her. All right. So here is your sneak preview. Trivia question and answer. The cast of the 1980s sitcom Newhart included the Backwoods characters Larry, his brother Daryl, and his other brother Daryl. In how many episodes did the Daryls speak? One. One is correct. Which yes! episode? Uh, the last one. The last one is correct. The series finale. Yes. We yes. want to. Good job, sir. Uh, we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and all of your podcatcher apps. We are. Uh, located online on podbean.com we're Cinema Chop Shop on there we are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter we are Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook and Gmail and Untapped where we will check in these beers that we enjoyed today and also if all things technically go correctly this episode will be on YouTube in audio format with a sweet ass picture it's been working lately and we want to say farewell Thank you to you, the chop choppers out there. Don't forget to get that vaccination. And right now it might not be a bad idea to wear a mask when you're in like crowded places. And please remember to watch chop retrofit. And tip your bartender because he's probably your bunkmate in mash. Mash. Huh? 